it's Maxine Luthia, and welcome back to Your Spiritual Astrologer, where you'll learn how to use astrology in a more empowering and soul-centered way. And in today's episode, you're in for such a treat. I'm going to talk about the 12 houses in astrology. I'm going to give you an introduction into what even are the houses, if this is a new concept for you, and then I'll walk you through their meanings one by one. And this is actually, I'm going to break it into two episodes. So you'll get the first half of the houses today, houses one through six. And then in the next episode, houses part two, you'll get the rest of those houses seven through 12, um, just because I have a lot to say (laughs) about them. And also because I want you to pause and actually look at your chart and see this come to life. And sometimes when you're just thrown 12 houses at you all at once, it can be a bit... Um, a bit bit of a lot. (laughs) And I always recommend as I teach astrology to students, you know, if you are learning a new concept, if the houses are, it's so important that you're not just learning all of these things in astrology, you're actually putting them into use. So you're taking, you know, that knowledge and learning, and it's not just living in your mind, you're actually seeing it come to life. And that's, the gold of astrology. That's where it actually starts to be of practical use and value as a tool for your soul's healing and growth. So just a little a little rant on that at the beginning, <laughs> but to remind you afterward, if you do want to pause and check in, that's why I'm making it a two-part as well. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, yeah, and in today's episode, you'll get a look at, again, what even are the houses if you're new, and then I'll get into the first half. Okay, so I do also want to say just at the start, as a reminder, if you are, if you didn't know, my program, Your Spiritual Astrologer, my intensive program to deeply learn astrology with me is now open. So we start September 1st. If you're interested in joining, I would love to have you join. We have over 20 students already, and I'm so looking forward to just diving into it with you, but essentially learn everything you'd really want to know from zero to a hundred to be able to read charts like I do in a more soulful and empowering and impactful way. So how do you blend planets and signs and houses and aspects and special configurations and what do the degrees mean and you know all of all of that fun stuff. I talk a lot about some things, some astrology gems, as I call them, that often don't get touched on, but are are really important to look for. Um, So that includes birth charts, but also incorporating in divine timing, as I call it. So transits, progressions, solar returns, all of that. So if that's something you're interested in, I would love to have you join and just make sure you do sign up before September 1st if you want to join the fall semester. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this afterward, don't worry, I run it twice a year. So you'll have your chance in the spring if that's something you're interested in. So look for that in January. All right. And um, yeah, so more more about that below. I'll put the link there. But if you have questions, of course, reach out to me. It's a hybrid program. So um, you get 30 plus hours of pre-recorded video lessons spaced out over that um, to learn how to read charts in a more methodical way. And then you also have monthly lives with me as well and our beautiful group. So uh, yeah, so you get your questions answered and all that. 
All right, so with that, I just wanted to invite you if you are interested. And also, if you're listening to this when it goes live, I do have my readings restocked. So if you wanted to get a reading with me, if that's something that interests you, definitely check that out. I'll put that also linked below and you'll notice I have a new offer that really speaks to your inner child and your soul. So I'm really excited about that one too. Um, although all my readings touch on that, but if you if you wanted to really dive deep into it, that could be a good fit for you. All right, so last thing I will say before I get into it, I have a free downloadable guide for you if you want to look at um, what the meanings are of all the houses. If you're listening to this episode and you're on the go and you're unable to take notes, don't worry, I got you. I have all the keywords that I'm going to list out recorded for you there so you don't have to worry about it. All right. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. So first up, I want to say at the start, I did an episode previously, I think it's episode two, where I talk a bit about why I use the whole sign house system. So if you don't know what I'm talking about there, definitely go back to that episode um, after this one if you'd like. But Essentially, when you're pulling up your chart, if you're new to what houses even are, you look at your chart and you'll notice, you know, you see the planets, you see the signs, symbols on the outside, and then you'll notice that there are all these lines dividing up your chart. So I'm not talking about the aspects in the middle, but rather those just black lines dividing your chart up like a pizza. Okay, and you'll notice your sun falls in one of those little segments, your moon falls in another, and so on and so forth. And those are called the houses. And they're think of them as, you know, segments of the sky, showing you where were the planets relative to where you were when you were born. So when we're talking about the houses, in whole sign, one whole sign equals one whole house. And again, I have more on that in that other episode, but if you're looking at your chart and you notice that those pieces of the pizza, some are really small and some are really big, then you're not looking at whole sign. And I recommend you start there. So that way, when you're applying what I'm talking about, you're looking at that in a way that I'll, I'll be teaching, right? So Again, no house system. If you use Placidus or you use Equal House or whatever, um, totally beautiful. But I do recommend you check out Whole Sign because that's what I use and you can follow along a bit better. All right. So with that said, you can go back to that episode if you're interested. And yeah, so I want to also explain too, if you don't know what the houses actually mean for you. So simply put, if I'm going to give you a definition, the 12 houses are 12 areas of life experience. So I'll repeat that. The 12 houses are areas of life experience. And it's almost as if, because everyone has 12 houses, right? You always will have 12, no matter what your chart is. And this is dividing up, like imagine you're a soul coming down to earth and you're here to experience life. And the there's all of these different experiences and your houses basically categorize and catalog all those possible experiences into 12 different types. Okay. So that's what the 12 houses are. They're different, unique areas of life experience. So for example, if we're talking about, you know, if you look at your chart and you 
go to the houses and you see how if you go to the center, they're all labeled. I should have said that at the start, but if you look at them, you'll notice in the center, there's all those numbers, one, two, three, four, five, all the way to 12 in a counterclockwise motion. And that's labeling each of those 12 houses, each slice of the pizza, if you will. And so each of those corresponds with a different area of life experience, different themes, okay? So for example, if you're thinking about the theme of marriage, that's gonna be in the seventh house. If you have planets that fall there, it speaks to it, but also even the zodiac sign on the cusp speaks to it as well. And we could dive deeper, but just stick with those two things for now. And likewise, if we're talking about home and family, that falls in the fourth house. If we're talking about money, that's the second house. And friendships, that's the 11th house. So when we're talking about the houses, it's interesting because comparative to zodiac signs, the houses are much more obvious, much more concrete and tangible. You can point to them in your life. And in that way, it really helps you to make reading charts a bit more uh, practical. And it tells you where the, the planet and signs need to play out in real life. What arena do you need to devote and focus that energy toward? Whatever planetary energy that falls in that house. So just something to kind of think about. Oftentimes, again, the meanings you'll notice as I go through them for you, they'll be much more obvious and outward, but they can have inward uh, meanings as well. So I'll get into that, but just to kind of help you understand what we're talking about here if this is new to you. And um, yeah, so let's get into what the meanings are. I'm going to walk you through, again, houses one through six in today's episode, and the next episode will be the rest, okay? So if you want to pull up your birth chart and make sure it's in whole sign, feel free to do that. Otherwise, you know, you can look at this afterwards, um, but you do what you need to do. Okay, so the first thing I want to touch on here is when we're talking about the first house, that is the same sign as your rising sign. So if you're looking at your birth chart, the first house will always, for everyone's birth chart, be on the left-hand side, and it will say number one there if you go toward the tip of the pizza, like the little house. And the sign that's on the cusp of that is your rising sign. So let's say you're a Taurus rising, then you'll have the symbol for Taurus there in your first house, okay? And the first house, because it is that first house, it is most obviously about you. So I'm going to list off keywords for each of these if you're taking notes, or again, I have that free downloadable guide that also includes these for you. But some keywords for the first house are yourself, first impressions, first your life approach, and identity. So again, that's yourself, first impression, life approach, and identity. And as you hear those words, I mean, the first house... I talked about a, a bit in our last episode actually about your rising sign because again, that's what that we're talking about here. But your, your first house is really speaking most obviously to what you need in your path to fulfillment. So it goes much deeper than just yourself superficially. So sometimes it gets described as the zodiac sign there describes your personality or your appearance. 
or even your body, but it goes so much deeper to really explain your energy and how you're meant to show up and interact in the world and how you're meant to filter experiences and opportunities and what is and is not meant for you. So I won't belabor this one too much because again, I talked all about this in our last episode, but it's important to know that it really speaks to your approach to life, how you rise to challenges. What are your coping mechanisms? Um, You know, how do you start things? How do you, it, it goes so much deeper than just, oh, how do you appear to me when I first meet you? That's part of it, but it also is the doorway into understanding you more in depth. So if I'm meeting you for the first time, yes, your rising sign, of course, is going to show up. Any planets in the first house will be super obvious. They might even overpower the rising sign qualities that you have. So check to see if you have planets there if you don't identify with your rising as much. But your first house is really important in really learning to embody that for your own greater confidence and life direction. It's that important. Okay, so as an example, if you are someone who has maybe, maybe you're a Capricorn rising, you might appear more serious to someone, but also your path to fulfillment is through hard work, right? So just to kind of give you an example there. All right, so moving on to the second house. So the second house keywords are personal security, money, values, and work. Again, that's personal security, money, values, and work. And as you'll notice, as I share all of those words, they kind of come back to two different realms. So we have the outward security in terms of money, being able to provide for yourself or knowing that you are able to survive. That's that's important in the second house. What are your resources? And then the other side of that is that sense of inner value and what you have almost innate talent sometimes too can show up in the second house and really how you can make sure that you are developing a healthy sense of self-worth. So it can quite literally speak to your values. What is it that you value? Not only where you want to give your money, but your time and your energy and your effort. You know, it it can show these daily habits that kind of add up and help you to reach toward your goals. So the second house is, is really beautiful for that. And just to give some examples here. So if you're looking at your second house, of course, look to the sign on the cusp there. Um, but also even noticing what planets fall there can speak to how this, this area of life shows up for you, how you experience that area of life. So for example, if I see someone with Jupiter in the second house, they tend to be very generous and very giving. Again, you can, with everything, you have to make sure you're looking at the chart as a whole, but across the board, I see that really obvious for people. And sometimes they are prone to overspending, but it always comes back to this faith that money will come back to them. And um, that tends to be a bit easier for them. Whereas someone with Saturn in the second house, I see that a lot where people maybe growing up didn't have as much and they had to be more careful with their spending or maybe their parents grew up very frugally or something like that. So um, that's something in life that they're learning to really navigate in a different way and overcome. All right, so just to give you an idea there. 
Okay. And I, I do want to pause here to say, if you're noticing, if you're looking, you're like, Maxine, I don't have any planets in the second house. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you're missing out on that area of life. So I often get people wondering that question. It's a good question because often if you don't have planets in a certain house, it's called an empty house. Um, quote unquote here, I'm doing air quotes, but I don't love that term because it makes it feel like you're missing out on that area of life, but it is there. And there are other ways. Once you learn more about astrology to dive into that more, you can look at the ruling planet. You can look at so much other stuff, but, um, that's maybe something I'll share in the future a bit more, but I just want you to know that it's not like you're missing out on that. There are plenty of people whose charts I've looked at who have really a good relationship with money or they're well off and they have, you know, no planets in the second house and they're doing just fine. <laughs> okay. So don't worry there. And that's the same for all houses. It's very common to have empty houses, just how it works. Okay. All right. Um, so that's the second house. And next up we have the third house. So the third house is the house of the mind, siblings, learning, short trips, communication, and there's more for all of these houses. Like this is not an exhaustive list by any means. Like third house also neighbors comes to mind. There's, you know, for all of these, there's going to be more that fits in here. But again, these keywords for the third house are the mind, siblings, learning, short trips, and communication. So when we're talking about the third house, it's very much, if you just think about it as the mind, it helps you to get your foot in the door and understand that this house is about your perception, your opinions, your early environment that kind of shaped those things and how comfortable and easy it is for you to communicate. Or is that a bit more challenging? Or do you feel a bit more misunderstood? Or, you know, what was it like learning growing up? And what is that experience like for you even now? So those themes come up in the third house. It's also about writing, publishing can kind of show up here too. And the ninth house and then speaking, how you express yourself, all of that. But I think when it comes to the third house too, it's really cool to look at what zodiac sign you have there. Because if you have cancer there, that's going to speak to someone who's very emotional or thoughtful in the way that they speak. Like they really feel things out emotionally. That's how they filter and process information. And then, you know, it can come through in their words. So, you know, just looking to see that, or if you have an Aries third house, that might be you're a bit more quick in the way that you communicate. So it can show up even obviously that way. But oftentimes you want to look to see, okay, what planets do you have there? Because then it will be that much more obvious in how it colors the way you speak and the way you communicate and learn and perceive things and all of that. And um, yeah, so those that's a little bit about the third house. And next up, we have the fourth house. So keywords here are the your inner world, home, family, parents, and roots. So again, those keywords are your inner world, home, family, parents, and roots. And with the fourth house, you'll notice that all of those are very private. They're a bit more hidden. 
And um, it's much more about your own inner world, as I shared, but your subjective experience. How do you experience yourself? And how can you work at integrating your past, your roots, your, you know, that with who you are? And um, so when it comes to the fourth house, oftentimes we're talking here even about early life conditioning, that narrative of who you are, that or where you came from, that origin piece, but it also can very obviously just show up as planets there influence how did you perceive your home, your your parents, your family in in those ways. So for example, maybe if you have Um, if you have, I noticed if someone has their son there, you might really be a homebody. That's something that's really important to you. Family always comes first and that's not always family that you're born into, right? It definitely speaks to that, but it also speaks to that family, that soul family that you're developing yourself or the family that you create for yourself. So things to think about there too. And also it can really speak a lot to your, that part of yourself that other people don't see as easily. So for example, there for me, just to share something personal, I have Chiron in my fourth house and I have Virgo there and I can be really, really hard on myself. I can really criticize myself. I can really just, I have to be mindful of that. And it can show up in beautiful ways too. And Chiron gets easier as you really bring awareness to it, but I just want to share that wherever planets you have in that fourth house, outer planets, they might be a bit more tricky to navigate. Um, So something to think about there too. And then the fifth house keywords are pleasure, romance, creativity, hobbies, and kids. So again, fifth house, pleasure, romance, creativity, hobbies, and kids. And the, the fifth house really speaks a lot, as you can see, to self-expression and self-approval being a huge one here. So how can you find your joy and cultivate that and develop something that really makes your soul come alive? So oftentimes when we're talking about creativity, people think of art. And I, I have seen that very literally with certain placements there, um, especially the south node or north node in the fifth house. It's always interesting to see how that might play out. But when it comes to looking at creativity, it can even just be you are creating your life in every moment. So really with the fifth house, understanding what is it that you want to to make and manifest. And so questions of that sort become important or expressing yourself aesthetically even and having just um, developing your own personal style in some sense. It could look like a hobby, some sport, like that kind of those things that, again, you're expressing yourself in some way, shape or form. That's the fifth house and really learning to tune out the noise of others. And same thing, you know, when it comes to children that literally is a creation in some sort right you've created this child but it can also speak to not only your children but being just good with the children maybe having a gift for this I see a lot of teachers with placements in the fifth house Um, like if your son is there for example or if your moon you might have an instinct for children and knowing what they need to really feel nurtured so, so yeah, look to the fifth house for those things. Your inner child as well. Sometimes it might not be kids, but it will be how you can go about healing your own inner child in some way. 
All right. And the fifth house, I should add, I mentioned romance. <laughs> so the fifth house, yeah, it speaks more to really life's pleasures in some sense and putting yourself out there and being open. So that's why that's included there. All right. And then the fifth house, I, the sixth house, rather, the next one, we have work, self-improvement, routines, pets, and health. So again, that's work, self-improvement, routines, pets, and health. And all of those really have this common theme of service. So how can you be of service? And how can you do something that is personally meaningful to you and allows you to then contribute to the well-being of others? That's really the question of the sixth house. And you know, even I mentioned pets here and that one kind of seems like a random one when you're thinking about it, but the it's not that you're the masters of your pets. It's much more so as I see it, pets are such an example of that unconditional service of just being there, being loving, showing up for you and really helping your own health and your well-being, your mental health, all of that. So definitely that goes into the sixth house as well. And it's interesting when you think about the sixth house as having that connection to health. Sometimes this is really literal in, in even thinking about, I mean, we talked a lot here about birth chart aspects, but even transits to the sixth house can put a focus on your health, needing to find more balance there, taking care of yourself more. And even in the fifth house, I look to that a lot when I'm helping clients with pregnancy and, and so on and so forth. So keeping in mind as we go through this, you're looking to natal planets in your birth chart falling in these houses. You're looking to the zodiac sign at the cusp, which flavors it, but also looking to see transits as they shift through your houses of your chart, they will activate these themes in some way, shape, or form. So that gets into another topic, but just if you are curious of that. All right, and other themes of the sixth house. So oftentimes, as I mentioned, routine it can really help you understand how can you be more efficient? How can you use your time productively? And often it's wanting to really, if you have a lot of planets here, it might mean that you really are invested in, in self-improvement. And however that looks to you, but knowing that you really are here to develop who you are and your sense of then how, okay, how can I now help others? So again, looking to your birth chart, look to see what house what what houses house your what houses house which houses have your sun and moon in them those will really speak to important areas of life to really cultivate and lean into also when it comes to your other personal planets so where is mercury venus and mars of course your rising sign is always going to be contained in your first house but when you're looking at the other personal planets those are areas you really want to pay attention to too because the more you lean into and develop those areas of life, uh, they just, they really tend to, to benefit you in some way, shape or form. And they become important themes in your life's journey in some way. So that's what you can look for in your chart. And also I will add, if you notice outer planets, I mentioned Chiron, for example, but if you're looking to see your chart and you notice you have an outer planet there, it shows up as some type of karmic lesson. Maybe it's a trap that you have to avoid, or maybe it's a challenge you're here to overcome. And um, all of this, again, something if you're interested in joining Spiritual Astrology School, we get so deep into all of this. But, you know, really just 
looking to feel out for your chart now that you learned the first six houses, okay, pause and look at your chart. Look at your partners, your family, your friends, your coworkers, and get a sense for how this shows up for them. And I'll speak more about this in the next episode too, but even just pausing to see if you have a lot of planets in any one house, that might very well be a stellium. And it's important to know that your focus should really be on those themes because if you have a ton of planets in one house, it becomes that much more important. And it's something that you really want to cultivate in, again, your life's journey. So things to think about. I'll let you take a look at that now if you want to pause here. And um, if you have any insights, if you're looking at your chart and something really manifests in an obvious way or gives you some type of an aha moment, I'd love to hear about it. I really would. I love to geek out about astrology with others who equally love astrology. So if you would like to reach out to me on Instagram and send me a message, feel free to. So my Instagram is Maxine Luthi. M-A-X-I-N-E-L-U-Z-I-A. And of course, make sure that you are subscribed for the next episode. I'm going to do a part two again to the houses. And if you look to my stories for that QA, I'm going to put that up the day that this comes out. So if you're listening to this in time, make sure you ask me there. And if you listen to this later too, just know on Instagram, I always do QA's more generally every Wednesday on my Instagram stories. So you can always ask me questions there if you're curious to, you know, if some question comes up as you're learning astrology or listening in to your spiritual astrologer. So I'm so grateful that you listened all the way to the end. I hope that this was helpful for you, whether this was a bit newer to you or maybe it was a refresher. And um, I do want to say, if, if this is something that isn't a topic that's new to you, I commend you. <laughs> you get a gold star um, for making it all the way to the end because often I'll get people who say, oh, I already know the houses or I already know the signs or the planets, but the level to which you're willing to come back to these basics, these foundations, and really see them in a different light or refresh, it helps you become such a better student of astrology. And so I always encourage, you know, if you're interested in learning astrology and really feeling confident, it's so important to go back to the basics. And I, you just, there's so much to learn in astrology, but it's like a house, right? If you don't have strong foundations, if you neglect them, if you never go, you know, checking on them, you don't want that to crumble. So it's really important that you know things like the planets, the houses, the aspects, all of this, because they really are so important. So all right, I <laughs> just wanted to say that if you have made it to the end, um, kudos to you. All right, so that's it for today's episode. Again, if you want to join SAS, I'll put that in the show notes. Make sure you join before September 1st if you don't want to wait another six months. But if you are saving up or you're excited for it and you want to plan that out, I, of course, would love to have you in a future semester. And the next one will be in the spring. So there's that. Also, again, if you want to book a reading with me, I have the link to that in the show notes. And of course, would love to meet with you one in one and um, for you to get my eyes on your chart and learn more. So 
really, really just thanks for listening. Thank you for learning with me. And also, oh, if you wanted that free guide, just to remind you, I have that linked below with all the keynotes, keywords that we went over and you'll get a sneak peek of the rest of the six, but I'll put that in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. And thank you again for listening. I'm so grateful. And until next time.